This is a Federal News Network podcast. Agencies are a step closer now to sidestepping another government shutdown this year. The House passed a seven-week continuing resolution late last week. It gives Congress until November 21st to finish its work on a package of appropriations bills. The Senate is expected to vote on its CR this week. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with more on the CR and what it means for one agency in particular. And Nicole, let's start with the CR itself. What did it accomplish? What do we know about it? Well, first things first, it gives members of Congress about seven more weeks to come to some sort of solution for some of these appropriations bills that they've been working on. The House, as we've talked about before, Tom, has passed 10 of 12. The full Senate hasn't passed any of them, but the Senate Appropriations Committee is finally getting around to marking up and voting on some of them. We'll talk about more of those in a minute. But it gives Congress through November 21st, as you mentioned, to come to some sort of funding deal for hopefully the rest of government. And I think what's interesting and what's maybe getting overlooked in the big story about the CR is actually what it does for the Office of Personnel Management, which is it gives OPM about $48 million more million than it had last year, and it gives it to it right now to fund itself for the rest of the year. And that's important because OPM will lose the security clearance business at the National Background Investigations Bureau come October 1st. And OPM relies on the revenue that it received through that business to fund the rest of the agency. The other piece of it is it also allows OPM to tap into nearly $30 million from its trust funds to also continue operations in however it sees fit. And that's been a point of contention and a point that former agency directors and officials and even the now former acting director Margaret Weikert has even mentioned in the past that OPM could perhaps tap into more of those trust funds to actually uh, continue the operation and implementation of those funds. And none of this squares with the Trump administration plan to fold, essentially fold OPM mostly into the General Services Administration. So it seems to set up a fight. It does in a sense. However, it was the White House that requested this budget anomaly for the Office of Personnel Management, fully recognizing that OPM would be in a pretty tricky financial situation come October 1st with NBIB moving to the Pentagon. So this was, as far as we can tell, White House action. This is something that Margaret Weikert herself teased uh, maybe almost a month ago now that they were going to be looking into this. As far as the next steps for the merger go, I mean, that's a different story. OPM has a new permanent director now. It's Dale Cabanis. She just started her first week with the agency. So, you know, I think it'll take a little bit of time to see exactly how this merger will go. At the same time, both the House and the Senate now in their own separate appropriations bills have taken steps to try to block that merger. The House funded OPM with $43 million more million than it had the previous year and included some specific language in the bill that would prevent the merger from happening, that would prevent possible furloughs of employees at OPM from happening. The Senate similarly also included $43 million more million for OPM in its version of its own appropriations bill, which just cleared the full committee a couple days ago. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And yeah, let's get to the Senate now. They have said their will with respect to OPM. What else? Have they finally gotten around to any of the other issues yet, like 
passing any budget bills. So the full Senate had, has yet to vote on a single appropriations bill, but the Appropriations Committee has cleared a, a handful of them by now. And just a few days ago, they passed three more appropriations bills. The financial services bill that I just mentioned, agriculture is now done as well as uh, transportation and housing. Those bills are finished Notably, with the agriculture bill, the Senate actually included $25 million to support USDA's relocation to Kansas City for the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture. I think that's an interesting move because the House flatly disagrees with that and does not include funding for that relocation. I think the Senate took a different stand there and said, well, this relocation is moving anyway. We should give them some money to maybe implement it. I think that's the the rationale behind that one. But as far as we know, I mean, you know, the Senate has kind of struggled in the past couple days to really take action, you know, as a whole body on any of these bills. So it's kind of unclear what's going to happen with some of these specific appropriations bills. Yeah, all we know is they have another seven weeks, but it's not clear what they're going to do with those seven weeks. And then there's still policy fights at the end of all that. And I guess we should ask about, well, one quick detail before we get to the federal pay issue, and that is Bureau of Land Management. Is that also part of the argument over which agencies move where? Well, the House has flatly disagreed with the BLM relocation out west to Colorado and several other states. I don't believe the Senate has taken up that issue just yet, so I think there's more to come on that one. All right, let's get to federal pay then. And the administration did an about-face recently saying it would support a pay raise for federal employees. What does the uh, appropriation or the CR say? So the CR doesn't say anything about federal pay, nor would it, because what the CR does is just simply say agencies will continue to receive 2019 funding through November 21st. Federal pay raises don't kick in until January 1st or somewhere in that range. So it gives Congress more time to figure out what exactly they're going to do with the issue of federal pay. And that brings me back to the Senate again and back to the Senate Appropriations Committee, which was decidedly silent on federal pay for 2020. And that basically means that they are deferring to the president's proposal. And he proposed a 2.6 percent across the board pay raise for civilian employees. On the other hand, it was the House that's already passed a 3.1 percent pay raise for federal employees next year. So that means that, you know, Congress's congressional leaders are going to have to conference over that specific issue, whether feds are going to get a 3.1 percent raise or a 2.6 percent raise. I will say it looks fairly promising that federal employees will receive some kind of raise in 2020. We just don't know yet exactly how much it's going to be. The whole issue, of course, is over locality pay. The House proposal includes locality pay raises. The president's proposal and thus the Senate's proposal doesn't mention anything about locality pay. So in the absence of congressional language, then whatever the president proposes happens. Is that the way it generally works? Yep, that's exactly right. If Congress doesn't include anything on federal pay in any of these appropriations bills past January 1st, yes, the president's 2.6% raise would go forward. Now, we could see potentially some sort of retroactive change, but I don't really envision that happening, especially because the president has reversed course 
from the initial proposal of a pay freeze. So, yes, there was more time for Congress to figure this out, but, you know, I I don't envision any retroactive raises going on after January 1st, if that were to happen. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks for that update. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. 